the right model. The right model. Looking at our television, we can see there's a lot of reality shows. And the reality shows is a shame that the reality shows are to give us reality, but we watch TV for reality. And it's a shame that TV was usually would imitate reality, but the problem is now we imitate TV. So TV has now become the model of living. So if I want to know how to dress, I look on what not to wear. I want to know what to put in my house, I look at total makeover. If I want to know what's topping and happening politically, I watch the political news. I want to know what's happening in the music industry, I watch those music shows. It's amazing how the TV has set the standard of how we should live. It's amazing how TV is now babysitting children and not babysitters. I, I, I felt guilty of that myself, that when I would babysit my brother, I knew I could throw in a tape of his favorite show and I could just let him sit in front of the TV. And then I found out where we got a, a newer VCR, how you could hit it automatically rewind. So I just have to entertain him for the few seconds and rewind to the tape at the beginning and he back at home again. And so I, I realized that I didn't have to do anything with them. I just let them watch the TV. The same situation that I realized that as I am going back to school, that if I come back home and I turn on my TV, I'll put down my books. And I allow the TV to form my mind. But just think about this for a moment. The doctor tells you about certain foods you should not eat. Why? Because it'll damage you. It'll destroy you. It's not the right model of living, of eating unhealthy. So they say these foods, and we learned this in health and in different class, called it junk food. And too much junk food will fill you full of junk. And when you feel yourself full of junk, your body's not going to operate with all that junk. If you need a quick lesson, all I do is just this, the movie, a documentary called Super Size Me. And this man was on a McDonald's diet for 30 days. And in 30 days, he put on 25 pounds. His liver and the kidney almost shut down on him. And he was hard of breathing from eating nothing but McDonald's morning, afternoon, and night for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, and, and that study and that tape was so deep that McDonald no longer said supersize me anymore. Because his emphasis was that you will go to McDonald and they will encourage you to go large, to get more unhealthy fried foods in your system and buy more of their product and then re wondering why we have a lot of obesity happening here. We have children who are obese. We have people living unhealthy because why? We have models that we do not follow properly. We follow what we see on TV. We see a lot more Arby's commercials and, and McDonald's commercials, but now you realize how they realize the health conscious. Now everybody wants to compete against Subway with a healthy menu of eating fresh. There's always a model. There's a model for right living. There's a model for right eating. There's a model for better relationships. We live in a social world. We are social beings. Zion, we want to be a, the church that's building a better community. In order for us to build a better community, we have to know what we're building towards. In order for us to improve, we need to know what we need to improve on. We need a model. 
And the right model that was given to us was Jesus. And Jesus set the perfect example. And in this right model, Jesus showed us how to relate to one another. Jesus showed us how to speak to one another. Jesus showed us how we can be forgiving to one another. Jesus showed us how we can put down the wrong and lift up the right. But yeah, are we following the right model? Just as we are doing all the junk, we'll be unhealthy. All the junk will fill up your system. Just too much cholesterol will clog your arteries. Not enough room for the blood to get through. What's going to happen? The heart does not get enough blood. Some, some horrible things. Think about your brain. How much junk have you filled up your brain with? There's so much junk in your brain that it's confusing in there. It's cloudy in there. You don't know right from wrong. You don't know left from right. Just like many times you may, wa- you may walk into a place that's so congested you don't have enough, m- enough room to move. Similar to the, the inauguration for Barack Obama. People were so packed on, packed on, packed on people that you sometimes just had to stand still because you couldn't move anywhere. Some of us are so clouded in our brain that we're not moving anywhere because we don't have room to move because we're so confused on what to do. We're not doing anything. We're so confused and clouded we can't see right from wrong. But I'm glad that God has not given up on us. I'm glad that God has set a precedent. I'm glad that God has sent us help. And we see it clearly when we look into the letter to to Ephesus. If you open up to Ephesians in the fourth chapter. We see that Paul is writing to this church and encouraging them to say, look here, there's a model of how you should live. Don't get confused with what's going on here because in Ephesus, you may not, you may be familiar with Ephesus. If you look in, in the gospel, in an account of Acts, and it talks about how they're well known for their goddess, Diana. Didn't she fall down from heaven, from Zeus into this place? And we're well known for Diana. Oh, hell, Diana. Ephesus is, is full of, of goddesses and, 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 and worshiping of idol gods. This place is full of models of, of what not to follow. And Paul was, is so happy to let them know here's a model that you should follow. And that model is Jesus. You see here, look in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to read verses 24 to chapter 5, verse 2. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And and, and the word of God says, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all our parts of the same body. And do not sin by letting anger control you. And do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be be an encouragement to those who hear you. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. 
guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Chapter 5, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. The right model. You see that in there, the right model? How we, we, we look at TV to see people want to be a basketball player, and the right model to be the best basketball player is Michael Jordan. And so even today, they still say, well, Kobe Bryant is not like Michael Jordan, or LeBron James is not like Michael Jordan, because the truth of the matter, there will be never another Michael Jordan. Just like there was not another Dr. J. You know, so there wasn't another of these players, but yet they will compare him, them to him, because in their eyes, in their life, he's the model of greatness. Michael Jordan. We now have a new president. We want to make him the model of greatness, of president. We have a lot of people that will place on a pedestal and say, this is the model. This is what you should follow. This is how you should go. But I want you to realize that the true model we should all be looking to imitate is God. Did you see how the record says to be imitators of God? Was it saying the saying that we should understand who he is? And if we're imitating God, then we should act like his beloved children. And I, and I like that word beloved because beloved is not just saying his loved children, but beloved is a term of endearment. You, you say that to someone who you have a close relationship with. And we have a close relationship with God through Christ. And so therefore, as beloved children, we should live showing who our father is. And as we live showing who our father is, it says that we will what? We'll live a life filled with love. <laughs> Following the example of Christ. So what is it going back to? Going back, this is therefore, he's saying this, that we should put off the old and put on the new. And in this model, we need to realize that if God is the new and God is the true, there's some things I need to get rid of. And it's saying some things that we need to get us as put off falsehood, put off lying, but speak true. It's an imperative. It's a command here. But put off lying, but speak true. Why should you speak true? See, he, he gives, Paul is given a command. Then after he gives the command, he tells you what you should do. So he gives you a positive and a negative. He tells you the positive thing to do and the negative thing that you should not do. And then he gives the reason why. The positive is that, you know, why you're angry. The comparative literally means to be angry, but sin not. So, yeah, it's okay to be angry, but the positive thing is that you do not sin. And then what should you do with this anger? It says, do not let the sun go down while you're angry. Says another thing says that you should put off falsehood, put off lying, but what? Speak truth. Why should you speak truth? Because you're one of another. So it's saying that when I lie to you, I lie to me. When I lie to me, I lie to you. We're one of another. 
We're all part of the same body. What is that saying? That is saying this, that too many times we make our salvation so individual, we forget what the body of Christ is supposed to be. The body of Christ is not just, I'm saved and sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm going to run on and leave you behind. No, it means this, that since I'm saved and God has called me into the body, he has sealed me with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption, then I should look back in that chapter 4 and see how he has given some apostles, some teachers, all for the building up the body of Christ. So therefore, if I should be building up you. Because <laughs> when I build you up, I build me up. But the problem is, in society, that's not the model. The model is take care of yourself. Then if you have something left over, help somebody else out. That's the modern society. If I get rich, once I get mine, then I help you get yours. But you, we, we, we see that model all over. Everyone wants to brag how great they are and how great they are and how hard they work to be great. And they want to tell you, I'm great because I've done this. But they won't help you become great. And we see, because why? If I'm great, then I will sell you my information so you can be like me. I won't give it to you for free. But Jesus wants us to be great. And he paid the price for us because we can't pay it to be great. But we don't do that. We tell somebody, give me a phone call, and I'll show you how to get it. But instead of taking the time and say, how can I help you? And we live in the body of Christ, building a better community. Look to your left. Look to your right. We need to realize, how am I building you up? We need to really be concerned about it. Not only it says to speak, to speak truth to each other, but also it says how those that were slandering and speaking false words, stop saying those kind of words, but speak what would be what? Edifying or for the building up. Of the Bible, so that it will give grace, so that it will be profitable. See, we, we, we no longer should we be looking about how we can destroy, but we should be looking how can we build. Building a better community. Are we building or are we destroying? We need to check ourselves. Because we might be the wrecking ball that's tearing everything down. But you're blaming somebody else. Want to talk about how what they're not doing, but you're not even doing what you should be doing. Want to blame somebody else for stopping you. But it tells you to put off. We need to make sure as the body of Christ that we are putting off these negative and all these situations given us. And I like it too about the anger part. Going back to that, it says that do not leave room or, or you the literal saying basically not give place or quarter for the enemy. Some translations do not give him a foothold. When you are so confused and clouded with the wrong models. And you allow your anger to overwhelm you. Some of you have, have might have been angry just like I have. When you get angry, you start doing some erratic stuff. You'll say some erratic stuff. You'll say stuff you don't want to say. You'll do things you do not want to do. you allow the enemy to have his way. Because you allow your anger to, to prolong. It says do not let the sun set. Basically, do not let your anger prolong. Basically, you need to resolve it right away. Do not let it linger. Because sometimes people stay angry at people for over years. And then they end up just having contempt. And so whenever they see them, they Always have something negative to say about them. Never positive. Never gave them a compliment. Never will. Hate them. And people don't even know why. But you know why. But you won't tell anybody else why. But you just hate them, tear them down, breaking them down. And all you're doing is hurting yourself and them secretly and not knowing. Sort of like a cancer. Sometimes cancer undertakes is just destroying. You don't know it's destroying, but it is. 
That's how the anger is. That's why it says to put it off. Set, settle it right away. Be angry. Sin not. Do not let the sun go down. Because why? The enemy wants to get in. Because God, it says that God desires to so sow his mercy, not his wrath. But the sinful nature rather so wrath <laughs> than mercy. First impulse, you smack me in my face, is to smack you right back or to curse you out to do something. That's first impulse. That's a sinful nature. But God, first impulse, I, I, I disobeyed him. God said, I'm going to show you mercy. Do you need some assistance? Look back in Genesis. You don't have to go too far. Just in Genesis, it's reading the creation of man. Man sinned, but did he die? The mercy of God. He could have destroyed him. Say, Adam, you done messed up and start over from scratch. But no, I said, you know what? I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to send down. Did he not tell the woman, I'm going to send down through the woman, the redeemer, that will bruise? Did, did he not say that in the record? You see how God is saying, look here, I have mercy. I'm overwhelming with you. My love endureth forever. Aren't you glad that God is the model? And so you see here that when we know the proper model, we know that when I'm angry, Lord, I, I, I'm angry, but I don't want to sin. I, I know it's okay to be angry, but it's not okay for my anger to run over. Because when the anger run over, it talks about malice, talks about clamor, verbal argument, it talks about bitterness, and bitterness, the word there is basically something that's putrid, something that stinks, a foul odor, basically spoiled fish. Anybody spell spoiled fish before? It don't smell good. And so it's basically saying stuff that's so putrid and so foul coming out of your mouth because of anger. But yet you see the other imperative. He says, no, but be kind. Be tenderhearted. Why should I be kind and be tenderhearted? Well, just as Jesus. See, he's giving us the example. So I, I understand you're struggling with this, but yet we have power all through the Holy Spirit. And since we have the Holy Spirit, you look, if you look back into verses 23 and, and 24, it says, instead, uh, verse 23 in the New Living Translation says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. In verse 24, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. You see the work of the Holy Spirit. When you submit to the Holy Spirit, you're allowing God to complete his work in you. So you will be able to be an imitator of him. Do you not see that in the text? That when you allow to surrender to the spirit, it renews your mind. It changes your mind. It changes your attitude. What is that saying? That is saying that you now realize the right model. And you realize that the, the things that you used to do, you change your mind. You repent. You say, Lord, I don't want to go that way, but I want to do it this way, your way. Lord, let your will be done. Do I have a witness here that understands how when the Holy Spirit is, 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 is overcoming you and you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it changes your mind. Now, I want you to understand because the flesh is still fighting you. I want you to understand that that is saying this is that he that steals what? Steal no more. What's it saying here? Yeah, 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 you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you, you know what God is, but sometimes you're still doing wrong. Stop it. And I want you to grab this. I know many times we, we say, Lord, uh, help me with these situations. Sometimes we're struggling with some sin issues in our lives that are always going to be there. But you have to choose to always to say no. That went over somebody's head. Let me help you out. 
you know your doctor told you you got to come in for a procedure and you got to fast in order to have this procedure. Your body still wants to eat, but your mind telling your body you're not going to eat because you got to do this for this procedure. God has told you not to eat some stuff because he's doing a procedure. Your body wants to eat that stuff, but you got to say, no, God, I need you to work on me. So just as you like to get drunk, you need to say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore because God is working on me. Just like you like to have sex, your body's going to say, yeah, I want so. But God said, no, I got to let him work on me so I can do his will. Just like you want to tell a lie so you don't get in trouble. But your Holy Spirit let you know the Lord tells you, thou shalt not lie. He said, Lord, I'm not going to lie because I want. Do you understand what's happening here? It, your flesh still desires to do what is evil and what is wrong. But you say, Lord, I surrender to your will. Am I talking to somebody here? I, I, I want you to get away. It's not a magic thing overnight. All of a sudden, you're going to wake up and say, I'm not a thief anymore. Yeah, you, you still might want to steal, but you made up your mind. I'm not going to steal any longer. The same situation, he said, instead, instead of stealing, it says, well, do an honest work. Do a good work with your hands. Your hands were used for evil. Now use your hands for good. For what purpose? For the building up of the body. It's a consistent thing that when we're in the Holy Spirit we understand the right model and we know how to have a better relationship by building up. And, and you see this model and I like how this model is pointing all back to God because it says in chapter 5, be imitators of God. It says therefore be imitators of God. And I want you to understand that, that in this letter, this letter's circling around how we should imitate God. And, and, and if you don't, if you need a little bit of help, look how chapter five is moving down so clean by how we've been under the Holy Spirit, how it impacts your marriages. Chapter six, it impacts how you raise your kids. Why? Because when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it changes your attitude. Your view has become form into God. Paul opens up this letter with a prayer of interceding and thinking, so I pray that God open up the eyes of your heart, that you see the hope of his calling and the power, the power. What's that power? Paul writes about that in the letter of Romans. Do you not, do you not know the same power? <laughs> the same power that rose Christ up from the grave is also in you. And he, not even that, even in the same letter in the feast, he talk about that same power that you could be put on the whole armor of God and stand in the power of his might. So you see, when you allow the Holy Spirit, there's a power in there that can help you to say no to the flesh, but yes, to the spirit. You see there, so he says, get rid, in verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I like that preposition. Just as God in Christ has forgiven you. If something's in something, it means it's a part of it. And God in Christ has forgiven you. 
He opens us saying, Christ is the head and we are the body. And God realized that we were living the wrong model, but I send Christ the right model. Jesus sent to his disciples, he says, look here, look here. Be like your, be holy as your father in heaven is holy. Be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Be merciful as your father is merciful. And he drives us home. He says, love your enemies. Don't just, just love, just, just love your, the who's good to you. Love your enemies. He said, you're no greater than the tax collectors who you don't like, who you despise when you're going to just love yourself. But love your enemies. Pray for those that persecute you. Blessing, curse not. Jesus saying, look here, be merciful like your father. Paul is saying, imitate God. Jesus says, be like me. <laughs> So we've seen here that when God in Christ has forgiven us, he has sold us to how just as Christ showed how he forgiven us when he said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Because he, it goes on and says, well, he became our sacrifice. He gave himself up for us as a sacrifice, as a sweet smelling odor. And I, and I like the odor because I want to point this out. It could have smelled like putrid fish. It could have smelled bad, but it says it's a sweet smelling. What does it mean? It means it was pleasing to God. That Jesus' sacrifice was pleasing to God. And so when you sacrifice, it's pleasing to God. When you will serve your brothers and your sisters, it's pleasing to God. When you forgive those who have trespassed against you, it's pleasing to God. When you say words of encouragement, not words to destroy, it's pleasing to God. I'm not talking to somebody here. When you are angry and you sin not, it is pleasing to God. When you come home and love your husband and love your wife, it's pleasing to God. When you show up on your job on time and you do the right and not wrong, it's pleasing to God. Am I talking to somebody here that God wants to be involved in every aspect of your life because it says, be like me. Be like me. I'm not just God in the sanctuary, but I created a whole world. My, my son died for the whole world. That's a whoever might believe in him. So I want you to seek the example. Imitate me. Are you following the right model? No longer should we be looking at the TV to educate us, to do our research, but we should open up the word of God. Say, Lord, you show me how to live. Lord, you show me how to dress. I thank you, the Holy Spirit. You will keep me accountable. The right model is God. And when you do this, you act as dearly beloved children. Be kind. Be merciful. Be gentle. Be forgiving. Be sacrificial. That's the model of Christ. Because we saw that model. When he was led to Calvary, we still saw him serving. He was comforting those on the way. <laughs> he was praying for us on the cross. They stressed him, they stressed him high and, 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 and they stretched him wide and hung him high. He was still up there interceding on our behalf, still speaking, concerned about his mother, 
concerned about the disciples. And then, they, yes, they buried him in a borrowed grave. But three days later, he got up. And when he got up with all power in his hands, he went back to the disciples and told them, your work's not done. You need to go to Jerusalem, to the upper room. And I will send you the power of the Holy Spirit so that you will be my witnesses. Jesus says, you have seen me. You have seen the Father. When you've seen me, you've seen the right model. And I'm not going to leave you all by yourself, but I'm going to give you <laughs> the comforter, the advocate, the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to teach you how to live. And when the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to transform your mind and show you how you can put off this old and put on some new. You can have some new conversations. You'll have some new attitudes. You'll have a new walk, a new way of living so that when people see you, they ask, why are you living this way? And you said, it's not me, but I'm following Christ. He told me to follow him. He told me to imitate him. I'm just playing a game calling follow the leader. And who's my leader? Jesus, the Messiah, the mighty line of Judah. I'm following him. And how long will I follow him? Until he comes or he calls me home. Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. But I'm going to follow the right model and I'm going to stay on this beaten path. I realize the enemy's trying to knock me off but I got the power of the Holy Ghost. I realize some people going to try to talk about me, but I got Jesus talking for me. I realize some people try to push me down, but his power, his power, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Do you know the right model? Are you holding on to his unchanging hand? Are you following his example? If he needs some assistance. Uh, there's some things you need to get rid of. Uh, make that a checklist tonight uh, and say, Lord, uh, I'm putting off bitter. I'm putting off angerness. I'm putting off lies. Uh, I'm putting off stealing. I'm putting off whatever I need to put off, but I'm going to put on some love, uh, some mercy, some kindness, some gentleness, and be just like my Savior. Follow the right model. Follow the right model. Follow the right model. Oh, bless you, Lord. We bless you. If someone here just want to lead you in this prayer, you want to put off the old, you want to put on the new. Just as Paul's writing to these Christians, you may not have all these issues, but some of these issues you may have. It's time for you just to surrender to God. Let's pray. Father, right now we come. Lord, thanking you first and foremost for sealing us with the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. By calling us and making us your own. And Father, since you've called us, Lord, we want to be like you and be obedient to you, Father. Lord, we want to put off what we need to put off. And Lord, truly put on kindness, gentleness, mercy, and love. Father, we want to speak truth 
We're going to speak words that's going to build up somebody, not destroy. Father, we want to change our behaviors that were selfish and benefiting us to now do work that's going to benefit somebody else, Father. Though we want to be just like you, we want to be just like Christ. And we thank you that through your Holy Spirit that is working and shaping us to be like you, we can. Father, while we're still head bowed, every eyes closed, there's someone here who does not know Jesus, and you want that change, and you want that seal. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. And all who call the name of the Lord shall be saved and will receive the Holy Spirit. We want to lead you in this prayer. If that's you, if you do not know Jesus, we want to lead you in this prayer. Just repeat after me saying, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose again from the grave on the third day. And Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. May we stand as we extend a hand of discipleship. Amen. We give God a hand clap of praise. We can thank him for changing us and redeeming us. We can thank him for washing us as white as snow. We can thank him that his mercy and we thank him that his mercy endureth forever. A Zion Baptist Church prays that this message was beneficial to you. We'd like to hear back from you. You can email us at zionbaptist at zionbcpoia.com. God bless you and may Jesus continue to be your model for a living.